And even then, it turns out that SEO over time has evolved to where there's specialties within SEO. You may be absolutely wonderful at diagnostics and analytics and determining what the problem is, but somebody else might be absolutely great at seeing the problem. And another person might be great at on-page and another person might be great at servers and another person, their specialties evolving. So you kind of need to have somebody on staff that knows what the, the true skill set should be mm-hmm. and to ask questions that you can get an answer and you can say, yes, you know what that is. What's the best investment a CMO or CEO can make to their marketing team? Making sure the SEO experts are qualified with today's proper credentials and Google's best practices. Did you know the Google algorithm changes eight times a day? Today's guest is Bruce Clay, known as the father of SEO and who coined the term SEO. In today's episode, we chat about how SEO has evolved and how today there are actually different areas of expertise and specialization ranging from technical SEO to content. Bruce agrees SEO is both art and science. Let's welcome Bruce Clay, founder of seotraining.com and Bruce Clay Inc. He is globally recognized for his SEO expertise while also humbly noting it is impossible to know everything and that SEO is a lifelong learning profession. Welcome Bruce. Hey, Bruce, welcome to Social PR Secrets. Thanks for being my guest. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yes. Well, you are a legend in the world of SEO and digital. So I'm honored to have you as my guest and have everybody hear your wisdom. We've known each other a long time. Yes. That's for sure. I think we met at Search Engine Strategies was probably one of our first times that we met. And we've been comparing notes on PR and SEO, and I've learned a lot from you. So thank you so much. And you also have the coin name, the godfather of SEO. So why don't we start with that? How did, how did that happen? And if you could kind of bring us like from where you started to today and the synopsis of it. Happy to do that. And a lot of people, I think already kind of, if they've been paying attention, they've seen it. I started the company on my dining room table in January of 1996, which is three years before Google. So I was dealing with AltaVista, Excite, InfoSeq, the, what were at the time the search engines, but clearly they were somewhat primitive by today's standards. Started doing it. I thought I could be a consultant. That's how the company got named. You know, a consultant just names it whatever their name is. And that's, you know, what it is. So I started doing it and people hired me and I uh, raised my price and more people hired me and I had to hire some more staff and then I had to move out of the house. So it really grew. If you do a Google search for uh, who is the father of SEO, my colleagues have named me for many pages. So I've been around for uh, that long, I guess is the right way to do it. Danny Sullivan once introduced me at, his, at a conference as being 108 years old, and I think he was using internet years only. <laughs> so I've been doing it for over 25 years. So I've been around a long time. 
And right, I have spoken at a lot of conferences and I've seen you at a lot of conferences we've met and I still have the picture of you in the booth. Yep, yep, I know exactly which one you're talking about. And that was back search engine strategies. That was 2000-ish. 2005-ish, I think, or six. But I was really excited when I met you and when I went to search engine strategies because I was coming from just like the traditional PR agency world that was starting to get into digital and my clients were starting to ask me questions more on the PPC side than the SEO side. I didn't really know about SEO, but I went to search engine strategies and came out of there like I had my had an MBA or something after three days there. And I was so excited about really about the potential that the influence that PR content could have on SEO and getting visibility and that connection. And it really kind of excited me. I was kind of bored of the industry and I was like, okay, this is like a whole new thing. And, you know, that was kind of the beginning of my passion for connecting PR and SEO and social and the whole organic earned media side that, you know, together we've, you know, kind of been in that same world for the past 10 plus years. So much has happened with Google updates and SEO and websites are completely different than they were 10 years ago. So, you know, I want to touch on a couple of things. One is like today, what, where, where does SEO really stand and what are some of the important aspects that marketing teams of all sizes need to be really laser focused on? Okay. The, and you're right over the years, things have evolved and Google today is nowhere like Google when it started. When Google started, it didn't even have ads. It was just 10 blue links. And now the page is cluttered with all kinds of money-making opportunities for Google. Where are we going and how are we doing and where do, what is the current situation? Well, typically when I think of what we're dealing with out there in the marketplace, you're right. We have traditional advertising and it is still an influencer and it still causes things to happen. And we have a pay-per-click. And pay-per-click, as you uh, alluded to, is one of the first things that you touched on relative to how it all works as part of this ecosystem. Now we have social media. And social media, to me, is somewhat of a sort of like a, a PR campaign, if you will, except to a social community. And then you have your website. And your website, of course, you can't really do much in social if you don't have anything that's shareable from a content point of view. And now Google has evolved and evolved and evolved to where content is uh, a significant play because Google can handle everything except the content. Technically, Google cannot keep up with a trillion, trillion topics. They can never be current. They can never be an expert in all of them. They need websites to do that. And websites rely, you know, symbiotically, I guess, on search engines to be able to provide them with traffic. So there's a revenue source. And I'd say across this whole thing, as you mentioned, all of it plays together, right? If you do a press release, it's going to stimulate people to go to Google and do a search. And all of this, when you think about that ecosystem, all of this comes together and it, it makes it all work together. 
Now, the evolution of search has been significant, and Google is able to look for different kinds of things. They understand what you're writing about, more so than they ever did with Mum and, and Bert and artificial intelligence. And they have, I think, by the way, this is important, I think that what has happened is the search engines believe that their technology and their AI and everything else is great. They believe it. What they think is that people will continue to use their search because it answers the questions. So if a search engine is to get better, what they have to do is get better relative to how a user engages with the search engine and with their results. So of late, Google has been emphasizing uh, things like page experience and user experience and mobile and trust and expertise and authority because it isn't just 10 blue links anymore. And I, I think that that's where, for instance, in, in the search space, where the evolution has been is that we are now dependent more upon being able to satisfy the user experience, not just answering a question. And I think that that is somewhat, maybe I'm wrong, but I think that is somewhat what you've seen in your PR experience that people to get hooked and get excited about something have to understand what it's about but the real excitement comes from, um, did hey. you freeze? Okay, we both froze. It's, we, can, we can edit this, but where it froze was you, when you were saying that, that people, that I see this in my PR experience and that's where it froze. Oh, really? Okay. I think that you see this in your PR experience that you find that people are now more dependent maybe on you relating to them on a, on a personal level, but whatever you're talking about, they're gonna go do a search. Right. Whatever they land on has to be related to them, not just to be content. Anybody can just have content. And then now what Google is really concerned about is how fast is your website, right? Does it, is it mobile friendly? right? Are you trustworthy, right? Is there the capability to understand that this is a reputable site versus this is lunatic fringe? Right. Sorry, I can't even think lunatic fringe without hearing the song. But <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, if, if somebody wanted to write crazy things like the virus is a fraud, which we all know is a big topic right now. Well, somebody somewhere is going to say that's not true or that is true. And an argument is fine. But if I say, if you eat blueberries, it'll cure cancer, that's going to harm people. And now you, you've got to understand that the user experience is everywhere and the way you publicize it and the way you uh, let people engage with the content is changing dramatically. I think content is going to be the reason that Google wants to succeed. As I said, the, the, the real thing about Google is once they have mastered the technology and once they've mastered all the artificial intelligence, 
they can never write enough content themselves. They can't be experts on everything and they need us. And it when has you to be say, when you say us, when you say us, you mean that they need the brand websites to they need, but all websites. All websites. For instance, how can Google be an expert on trillions and trillions of keywords? Right? They can't. They don't have enough people, they don't have enough experts to be an expert on everything. So Google is really dependent upon websites to be the expert. They just want to be the mechanism that provides the answer. So let me ask you this, your opinion on this. So obviously you agree, we agree that SEO falls under marketing, right? And mm -hmm. content falls under marketing. And so what percentage would you say of all the websites in the world or in the United States, however you want to break it down, what percentage would you say they have SEO professional professionals qualified behind them? Very few. I'd say, I mean, hardly any, actually. When I, I still have people that come to me that don't know what SEO is, right? <laughs> or maybe they read one article and they put a couple of improved title tags on their site. That, that right. isn't really doing SEO. And as SEO evolves, for instance, the core web vitals, it isn't enough to be a really good web designer. You actually have to have skills at a programming level. You have to be able to understand architecture and server and uh, the mechanisms of how do I uh, render my largest image really fast and do I compress them and you know, a lot of it's web stuff, but a lot of it's server stuff and some of it's programming stuff if you're doing it. So I think what we're seeing uh, is that SEO is getting harder. It is becoming more technical, but likewise, because of that, perhaps not a lot of the marketplace is aware of or is capable of doing it, right? From what I see when I work with brands on the PR and digital marketing side and you know, I'm, you know, definitely not an expert at SEO. I know enough to be a little dangerous and <laughs> give a little bit of input and then pass it on to an expert and be able to, to recognize that the person that is behind your website or behind is, is not an SEO professional, isn't, you know, up to date on what the best practices are. And I, I just feel like it's such an important message for senior executives, CEOs, entrepreneurs who are hiring, whether it's a freelancer or somebody in-house to handle the website design. And also, you know, if they're saying, okay, they're going to handle the SEO, what they really need to look for in the credentials, because what they, there's no way for a CEO to tell whether or not somebody is actually like, you know, doing SEO. It's, it's, it's impossible. So what are some tips that you can give that can weed out kind of the fakes from the real professionals when it comes to SEO? Well, wow, what a question. <laughs> well, I, it's annoying to me because I see it so much and it's frustrating that people are in positions where they're not qualified for and that, and that they're, you know, the people that hire them don't realize and it's just frustrating. So I just really want you to talk to that point. Okay. Well, <laughs> as you know, I did a pivot a few years back in that every SEO and pay-per-click person in my company, nobody will work here. I won't hire them unless they have 10 years or more of experience. So I 
understand I arbitrarily said I'm hiring experts right off the bat. That's it. it you, if you have 10 years experience, I'll talk to you. We're averaging about 15. I've got some at 20. I got it. We, we decided to hire experts. And even then, it turns out that SEO over time has evolved to where there's specialties within SEO. You may be absolutely wonderful at diagnostics and analytics and determining what the problem is, but somebody else might be absolutely great at seeing the problem. And another person might be great at on-page and another person might be great at servers and another person, their specialties evolving. So you kind of need to have somebody on staff that knows what the, the true skill set should be mm-hmm. and to ask questions that you can get an answer and you can say, yes, you know what mm-hmm. that is. Now, is anybody going to know it all? Well, I've been doing it for 25 years. I can tell you, no, nobody knows it all. Sure. You know a lot. You have seen a lot. You have experimented and touched and kicked and, and you know, fallen down and gotten up and you've learned a lot. But there are things that are evolving this week that I haven't seen yet. I'm fond of saying every Monday it's a new industry. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, is it fair to say that SEO is both art and science? Yes, it is both art and science. And it's a little bit like medicine, right? Now, one of the things that is true is at no time do you ever throw out 100% of your SEO. 5% may have changed. So you learn it. And then a different 5% next week. So you learn it. So you're always able to understand it. But if it were an industry where overnight it was all obsoleted, it's a new industry. Expertise doesn't matter. I mean, you might be good at problem solving. Or you might have excellent written and verbal skills to communicate, right? But overall, SEO is pretty consistent especially at the best practice level. And then you have to fill in the gaps that are being changed on a regular basis. How do you hire somebody? Wow. I mean, you have to understand the role. You have to ask the questions. You have to know, I think, some of the precursor questions. Like if I ask this and they know what it is, there's a good chance that they could figure out the rest even if they didn't know it, because you cannot ever hire somebody that only knows what's in the box and expect them to succeed in the future. Not with digital marketing, not with SEO, not with PR, not with social, not with anything. What you need is a person that pretty much understands there is no box, right? Sort of like the matrix, right? It's Mm -hmm. not a spoon. And you have to understand that what you think is happening may not be what's happening. And you can't have a predetermined disposition towards, no, if I see that, that's exactly what it is, because it may not be. Now, how do you hire that person? That's your question. And your best bet is to find somebody that has a moderate amount of experience that does know and and seemingly can communicate on things that are common to the industry, right? 
they have to read the, re the right periodicals, right? They have to consider it a career and not a job. They have, I mean, there's so many little things. And are they a problem solver, right? I refer to SEO as what we do for a living is solve puzzles, mm -hmm. right? True. We're juggling Rubik's cubes, trying to solve them in midair while the colors are changing. That is a career to die for if you're a problem solver. If you really, really like getting in and figuring it out, this is a perfect career. But you will run into people who just want to put in their eight hours and disappear and they don't spend any time staying current, you know. They, when's your when's the last time you read a blog what are your top blogs and they can't name them or you know are you do you go to conferences they they don't did you know what is it that you do to stay current right if they can't answer that intelligently it doesn't matter what your other questions are yeah right i agree hello oh wait is this thing on hi it's lisa buyer i just wanted to tell you really quick I'm launching a course called Modern PR Secrets, and I wanted you to be the first to know. You can check it out at thebuyergroup.com under resources. Now let's get back to this interview. What would be uh, some examples of some publications that would be helpful? And I want to talk about your, your, I mean, if somebody has a certification like your certification, then that's something that's not, you know, that's they took the effort to invest their time and they're part of this membership that you have where it's, it's, it's not just a one and done thing. They're always learning. Correct. So we, we believe to, to carry forward on your point, we believe that SEO is not a one and done. I mean, you can't say I did my SEO because tomorrow Google changed something right? Your competition comes in and eats your lunch. I mean, you're going to lose your rankings. It is not a one and done thing. And we believe strongly, having been in the industry for so long, we believe strongly that training is the same way. You can't take a course and say, I took the course because things change. So that's where our site, this is my plug, right? Mm -hmm. SEOtraining.com, quite a name, right? You would think that makes sense. SEOtraining.com. What we did is instead of just putting a course up and we have a 48 unit, 15 hour, amazing course. Instead of just putting up the course, we made it a membership and we have ask us anything. And every month we have an, a one hour or more Q and A call where we just answer whatever questions people have. I mean, it's like free consulting. We have ebooks we have a deep dive additional webinar experiences and and books actually and we have all of this to provide ongoing education to the members and you can join it's 149 a month i mean just the q and a is worth 149 a month you pay more than that for a conference without even right. blinking imagine it's an hour a month at the end of the year you have basically 12 hours. That's a whole conference. I Definitely. mean, you can, you can do things and it's 149 a month, or we have, you know, longer term with discounts, but we believe strongly that you're never done learning. And even if you don't keep taking a course, and even if you don't join a membership, what you're really doing is 
on the job training forever. Every Monday, truly, if, if Google is changing their algorithm eight times a day, which is their statement, then every Monday things have changed. <laughs> yeah, you, you better be committed to being a constant learner if you're into SEO. But if it's a career and not a job, you are. So you who, who would be the, the best fit for your certification? Well, we have people who have taken the whole curriculum that are SEOs. We have SEO companies that send their employees through our training because they want everybody to understand siloing and, and, and our approach and our methodology. And so we have all sorts of companies that do it. There is no rule that you can't be a business owner. There's no rule that says you can't be a CMO. The advantage, let's, let's take a business owner and CMO. Their advantage is that they can now talk intelligently at the boardroom level exactly. about SEO. That doesn't mean they have to go in, roll up their sleeves and do it, although many can, but you better know about it, right? And you better have a pedigree that says, hey, we're not going to tell you how to black hat spam the search engines. You better have somebody that teaches you how to do it right. And so at the high level, that's absolutely great. At the me medium to lower level, we, we, we teach people all the mm -hmm. way down to, hi, I've been here two days. You know, they just joined the company, they take training. And in that range, it is very important that you don't learn a bad habit on day one. And once you know what best practices are, and once you know you could do it, see, it's one of the problems SEOs sometimes have. They, they go into the IT team and say, we need to have this done in order to speed up our server. And IT will say, oh, that can't be done. You need to know enough to know it can be done or you lose. Right. Right. There's a lot of, I need to know how it works. I need to see the parts play together. I need to have a methodology and framework for how we're going to go and do SEO. How are we going to do, how are we going to earn links? How are we going to improve speed? How are we going to handle CLS out of, you know, Core Web Vitals? How are we, how are we going to implement mm -hmm. WebP? images, how, you know, all that stuff. Once you know that it can be done, now you're able to actually say, now, if I want, I know I can do it. How do I do it? And you go in and you experiment and you learn and you're part of a team and you can make it work. If you don't have somebody that could be a mentor in-house at all, you really shouldn't hire an intern, right? But right. A team, you really want to make sure that when you bring in somebody that they're following a good, solid methodology, otherwise they're going to shoot themselves in the foot and it's going to get ugly. So yeah, you got to do that. You asked me about what publications. I am an amazing believer in any publication connected to a conference because that community talks. Search Engine Land, absolutely. They're Door Media, SMXs, and others. And you have Search Engine Journal and, and sometimes Moz. And you, know, you have the players that are playing there 
that speak at conferences, that attend conferences, that sponsor conferences. I sponsor SMX. I was the very first sponsor of the very first SMX, and I've been a sponsor ever since. And That's I'm awesome. involved in the community, right? If you're not involved in the community, if you're, you're not, if you're not, if you're not trying to make the community better, then you're just in it taking money. I mean, I'm, I'm a believer that, you know, it's a give and take. So yeah, Search Engine Journal, Search Engine Land. I read almost everything Barry does. I follow Google. Google has some very nice publications and, and they have their own, you know, meetings. They have their announcement periods. I pay attention, but I also spend a phenomenal amount of time doing my own research, right? You can't, you can't arbitrarily do things and, and not do the research. You can't learn it and you can't succeed at it. I think Core Web Vitals taught everybody that. You know, you go to my website and pick any page and it loads like blazing fast. It didn't always. You had to get in and figure that out. And all my lab scores are green. You had to figure that out. And, and, and what's interesting is my real world scores weren't and I had to figure it out. It turns out that real world scores, my site is read heavily by people in India. So my page load time was so bad because it's in India loading from the US that all my scores for real world deteriorated. And I actually had to go figure out a nested level CDN structure so that I could get pages in India to load from the US in less than 0.5, you know, 50 milliseconds. I mean, yeah, it was so like, you got to get in and you got to experiment. That's how you really learn. And I see, and you know, not to knock, you know, I'm sure there's SEO agencies that are legitimate that this example wouldn't apply to. But, you know, when I see clients working with SEO agencies and I kind of just vet them a little bit and look at the owners and who's on the front lines. And then I look at their credentials and I'm just trying to like piece together, like if I'm not connected to them and they're not connected to one of my conferences and we have zero connections and I don't see any, any, anything on there, you know, I can't, I, I try to like investigate and so many times there's just no, there's no link to like how, where did they learn SEO? Are they learning it just straight from Google and not doing, like you said, their own research and not going to conferences. I mean, I just feel like that, that's such a obvious thing to do, especially when it comes to SEO. And if, if you, you know, and it, it's actually why like PR SEO agencies can get a bad reputation because brands get burned by some of these agencies that really don't have any credentials or continued education or best practices that are current and nothing, you know, they're not going to be able to, to deliver results. No, you're exactly right. And, and that is a common issue. Now, I, I want to make sure th this should be clear. Things change so rapidly that nobody knows it all. Right. No, sure. I've been around a long time. I think I know a lot and I don't know it all. I, 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 there's no way. It, it just can't happen. And I am positive that there are agencies out there that are probably even better than me because in that area, that's what they're experimenting in or, you know, something else. So they're in a, a different area entirely, but no, I'm not the greatest agency in the world. I'm just good. The 
thing is that most of them aren't. And I've had people say, well, you know, this was my agency and they know everything and, and they're an SEO Google partner, which by the way, doesn't exist. <laughs> and, you know, you hear all this stuff and, and customers doesn't know, they don't know the difference, right? A customer doesn't know the difference. And you, you look at all this stuff and I go and I say, who's, you know, who's the guy that's running it? And this is their head SEO. And I go to LinkedIn and I pull them up and we have two friends in common. Now, I'm not saying that I am perfect, but I got 22,000 friends in the industry on my LinkedIn. They're my connections. And if there's only two in common, I'm not really thinking this person's connected to the industry. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I've never met him, you know, and quite frankly, if people don't know who we are, they haven't been tied into the middle of the industry as, as much as you would think. So what we want is we want people who, A, it's a career, B, they're involved. They follow people. They listen to their mentors. And I have people I follow. And I have things I read. I read two hours a day, mostly because how else am I going to stay current? Let's just accept that nobody knows more than anybody else. What yeah. you have is how long does it take to solve a problem based on your experience? And have you seen it before? And do you have an army of people that can solve it? And can you do the best job you can do? Yeah. And can you do it faster than your competition? And if you can answer that positively, then you can win. And that's that's really what our goal is, right? We want to answer things correctly and, and help our clients. And I think and one other the, point with, with SEO is it's kind of like now like a T where, you know, SEO is like this and there's so many verticals, so many specializations within that. That if you're working, you know, on let's say you're head of SEO for internally for a brand, and you know you you know a little bit about everything on the T, but you can at least say, okay, this is where I need to call in this expert on this to really fix this. And there's not one person. That, it's not realistic that one person is responsible for implementing or figuring out every part of the puzzle, like you said. That there you can call in experts to to be, you know, work on very specialized parts of the SEO that might be broken. Right. And, and that's, that's what you want. I mean, if you think about medicine, you have a general practitioner and then you have the surgeon, right? And even within surgeons, you have brain surgeons or knee surgeons or, you know. Yeah. And even, even you, physicians have to do continued education. It's required every year in order to keep their license. Like it's almost like, SEO should have a license and you should like have to do certain things to renew it every year to be qualified because somebody's got to monitor it. One well, other thing I just wanted to remember, point out, yeah. you don't have human body 2.0 coming out every Monday. Yeah, true. You have your course that just recently launched your, your advanced SEO training course. And I just, I'm sure that this happened to you because I'm also in the process of building my course. And this happened every time that I Put together a presentation for a conference that I put together my courses that I taught at University of Florida, which are on the subject matter that I'm in every day. I learn so much. Like I've learned so much putting together my course that I'm teaching right now 
the different modules that it's like, it's, it, you know, like you said, you're always learning. And, you know, even though I might be considered an expert, you're, you are an expert, we still have so much to learn. And there's so many different ways of looking at something and doing something in our industry that nothing's black and white. Right. Wiley came to me many years ago and asked me to write a book and it is S search engine optimization on one for dummies, 746 pages. It's like, yay thick. And they just came to me and said, do the fourth edition. And I'll guarantee you what I have to do is go through the book. And I have a reference to something in 2015 or 2018 in the book. And now I have to go in and validate. And that's the biggest exercise because things change. And that's why continuing education and, and being connected to somebody is really important. You can take my whole 15 hour course. You can do it in a month or two months, whatever your subscription is going to be. You can take the whole course and I'll tell you, you've paid less than the course, right? But you can't afford to walk away from the Q&A. You can't afford to walk away from the fact that if a unit, one of the 48 units in the course changes, we record it and then we tell you about it. We do webinars on special topics. You can't afford as an SEO to not be in that environment, right? We just announced this thing like six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks ago, something like that. And yeah, people are joining. And the reason they're joining is they're recognizing that it's a career and there's a good chance you could write it off your taxes anyhow, or your company will. There's no reason not to be a member and stay current in something so important to the future of your income, right? So people do it. They do it because it's the right investment, but they do it because it's what they are excited about and they want to be involved and they want to hear it and they want to prosper at it. And this is exactly what I think the world needs. Just Agreed. what once and done one, is done. Right. We're about out of time, but I just want to circle back to one thing that you mentioned and related to PR. So you talked about earned links. And that was something that has excited me and is still exciting and how PR can influence SEO because if you know we do a press release or we pitch the media on a story and you know you get a link back to your your website from that media outlet, from what I understand, that's considered one of the most authoritative types of links to get. I mean that no. that publication is a top-tier publication. No? Okay. No. <laughs> Correct me. <laughs> So fundamentally, a vast majority of the publications in the world are almost always considered to be no-follow links. However, every link that is in a publication is considered to be authoritative, and it's considered to be a mention. So if you are, in, by the way, I believe this, if you're going to be doing a regular press release campaign, it, it should be regular. The word regular matters. You want to have a constant flow of mentions, right? That allows a search engine to see that you're in the news and you're important, as opposed to people who do one and then they don't do another for eight months. That's a little bit harder for a search engine to understand. But yeah, they, they count. Now, a lot of the publications, Google knows they sell ads or they, you know, they sell things. Google knows who they are. You know, if somebody says to you, hi, we're going to sell you a link on this page that's followed and it's under the radar, laugh. 
there's no such thing as under the Google radar. They own the ground. They, they own the subways. There's no under the radar here. And, but let's accept it for what it is. It is truly a mention from an authoritative site. And Google is going to say you have an authoritative mention. It's not a link because it's no followed or not considered, but it's definitely a statement about you. And I think that when you look at it, the overall scheme of things is that, yeah, you should do that. You should be in the press. You should be in front of people. You should have people buzzing about you because that creates uh, a stir, if you will. It's a different algorithmic variable, but it creates a stir, a buzz within Google. And we have seen sites that didn't rank on page one that had a social media buzz create about them and Google moved them up to page one for some period of time just to see if searchers will get excited about it, right? So if things like that are gonna happen, you know the search engine is paying attention, but it isn't clear if it counts as a full bodied link because, you know, it's, it's inorganic, it often, and it may not directly contribute to your topic other than they have one link to your company. Now, Just is it to worth clarify, doing? Yes. When you say link, or I mean, I'm sorry, when you say mention, it, it doesn't necessarily have to have any link at all. It could just be the mention that counts. So it's, it's okay right. if there's no link, just the mentions are actually counting as, as kind of like good points. They're good points, yes. So you're gonna write about Bruce Clay Inc and not have it be a link and I will still get a benefit from it. What about your opinion on bylined articles, bylining, you know, being a guest author for different publications? What, what impact does that have? Well, Google has said that putting an article on another website is typically ignored. It doesn't say it'll hurt you. It doesn't say it'll help you. Typically, it doesn't do anything for you. Now, my opinion is reasonably strong here. I can write an article. I can put it on another website. That website page might get 100 visitors. And I think we all know that out of 100 visitors, I might get one or two. And I might get one link. But if it's a new page, that page doesn't have any page rank to give me anyhow. So I get two visitors for my work. If I write that same article and put it on my site, I get the expertise for it. I get to interconnect it to my other pages so I'm more of an expert. And if it is shareable, I can tell 100 people about it and they can link them. To me, the only good content is content on my own resource where it contributes to my expertise and where I publicize it, either with press releases or social or whatever I'm doing, even ranking, I publicize it in such a way that other people will see it and I will have earned their respect and therefore their, and chances are the only people that are going to link to it are people in the industry, which means they're organic links and some are authority links. So my belief is rather than spin content to other websites, you write it for yourself. And then you attract links through publicity. And I think that's the right way to do it.
I like it. I like it. One more question. So what are some futuristic trends that you see happening maybe with optimizing for augmented reality, virtual reality, things that are kind of on the forefront of new technologies? Well, okay. So here's the two-edged sword. Google is capable of going to pure voice search where everything that is asked, they give an answer. So how many people in that scenario are going to click on an ad? Well, they won't even see an ad. Right. How does Google make its money? So there isn't going to be a way to really escape a lot of the infrastructure that pays Google. Now, in a virtual reality world, I can go in and I can do things and I can see shopping and I can imagine me in this suit or, you know, whatever. I can pick out shoes. I can look at cars. I can do things that I couldn't otherwise do. Absolutely. And that is an experience thing. But I don't know that it's going to change search because typically search is question or mission centric. And I think that a lot of the reality is I can go do whatever I want to do and I may even be able to shop there. Say, I want that and it, it'll take care of it, right? Internet of things, except in virtual reality, that could all work. Do I think it's going to work anytime soon? No, I think it's going to be years and years and years before something like that happens. The whole world is too involved in its own existence. The whole world is that way. Fighting viruses and we're fighting weather and we're fighting you know, climate and we're fighting this, that and the other. And we're trying to be the experts and we're trying to do all that. Do I believe that virtual reality is going to be big. I absolutely do. Absolutely. And, you know, VR system reviews will be a big website someday, <laughs> right? But mm -hmm. not today, not yet. And when will it be? I, we're, we're solid for the next four years. That's okay. not going to change. Okay. Well, Bruce, thank you so much for your time. I hope that we get to see each other maybe in an in-person conference, one of these months or years coming up soon. Yeah. And if not, we will circle back and have you be a guest if you're willing and talk about whatever the latest trends are. Happy to do it. Happy. And everybody will check out seotraining.com for yeah. your certification. If you're a CMO, CEO, marketing director, send your team. It's the best investment that you can do for your marketing department and your brand. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.